Hi, and welcome back to Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast. Our episodes drop at the beginning of each week, and you can follow us on social media. Our links will be in the description. This week, we'll be starting our chronological Star Wars rewatch series by discussing episode one, The Phantom Menace. But before we get to that, we're going to do our introductions. So hello, I'm Emily, uh, pronouns she, her. You can find me on TikTok at Stardust M and on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Stardust M. My brainworm of the week is Miles Teller in a Rebel flight suit. <laughs> you know what? I've, I, I see the vision. The vision is seen. Yeah. I haven't watched... <laughs> I haven't watched uh, Maverick yet because I also haven't watched the first Top Gun yet, which is horrible because it's literally my parents' like favorite movie of all time. And I did I feel not like... see the first Top Gun movie before I saw Maverick oh. last night. <laughs> and it's also very funny because I go to school in San Diego, right? And it's like filmed at the military bases in San Diego. And when my yeah. mom came, she wanted to go to like all of the... Um, like the filming spots and everything and I was like I have no idea where any of this is but go you mom and yeah I was I was 100% in this movie for Miles Teller and Miles Teller alone and I felt like if my one criticism of the movie was too much Tom Cruise I was like get that man (laughs) off the screen I'm I want Miles Teller (laughs) listen I can't watch Top Gun I haven't seen the new one just because I can't even look at Tom Cruise I don't like that man his vibes are rancid yeah <laughs> not only did we have to watch him in the movie so much but right before the movie started like the last trailer was for his new fucking mission impossible movie that doesn't even come out for another year i was like why is there even a trailer Ooh. i didn't even know it was a trailer <laughs> and, and he did a video message before that was like we're so happy that this movie got made i was like get yeah, away John <laughs> <laughs> i was like i'm here for miles teller and also the actor who played bob was very cute uh he had cute little glasses <laughs> silly little glasses uh, silly little glasses <laughs> uh hey do you want to go next oh of course so hello i'm hayden i use she her pronouns uh you can find me on tiktok at taika.ytd uh and on Instagram and Twitter at MCUYTD. And my brainworm of the week is the split second pickle joke in Thor Love and Thunder that I thought about for the rest of the movie. I can't with you. I don't even know if I remember the pickle joke. And I saw that movie yesterday. I I, I thought about it for the rest of the movie. I I have opinions, it happened again because I don't remember it either. I think <laughs> I saw it twice. <laughs> it's in the part where I think they're on New Asgard. Oh, spoiler! Slight spoilers for Thor: Love and Thunder, by the way, if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, but they're on New Asgard. <laughs> they're on New Asgard, and I think uh, Jane like flies away and then comes back. And then she says, like, we're in a little bit of a pickle or something like that. And I was like, balance, balance. No, (laughs) I cannot. I cannot. That's not even referencing an actual, like, pickle. No. There's so many levels deep to that. (laughs) It was a split second pickle joke that I could not think about for the rest, that I could not stop thinking about for the rest of the movie. Um, but <laughs> I will pause there and I will shift it over to Liv to introduce herself. All right. I'm Liv. Um, I use she, her pronouns. Um, 
You can find me on all social media at Olivia Amidala. And my brainworm of the week is Nova and I relentlessly bullying oh Hayden. <laughs> Not even just over books, <laughs> just bullying in general. So this it was brought truly me a lot week of joy this week. <laughs> Last week, like it was like Hayden bullying week, but this week it like increased. Mm-hmm. It was very intense this week. <laughs> oh my God. No, last night, last night, you'll literally see in my notes where, what did I write down? I said, I lost track of the movie because Daniel Jose Older was bullying me. They're on Naboo now. <laughs> like, my favorite was Nova tweeting, everyone bullies me. And I said, I don't bully you because I had to put all my energy into bullying Hayden. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh very much. But yeah, I don't know what the hell happened yesterday to make Ethan Sachs and Daniel Jose Older gang up on me like that like they were exposing me left and right it was very my, entertaining. my secondary brain word of the week was definitely uh Daniel Jose Older just absolutely slandering balance <laughs> he came for the throw and I very much appreciated it <laughs> Wait, what, My, was the tweet, what was the tweet he made yesterday? Oh, I don't know. The the Luke Skywalker decapitating balance one? Was it that one? Was it? I hate that. I hate how there are multiple <laughs> and that you have to be specific. <laughs> oh my God. Hold on. My I favorite didn't... part of it was that you tried to make people bully me and it yeah. just did not work at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> Like, Halo's trying to, like, throw it back, and it just, everyone is like, no, no. I'm, I'm trying we to We don't find... bully, live. Yeah. I you have nice. the only High Republic books or content you've read, just in general, are five issues of the High Republic title on the plane from... And not even the first one, because I didn't download it, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I was really lost in that second issue. <laughs> who the fuck is skier yeah oh my god there's a fucking lizard guy here cool i guess (laughs) there's some fucking plant things like when i'm seeing thor i'm like oh is this like the plant things from the high republic comics (laughs) pov the drinker makes a cameo in thor love and thunder (laughs) Oh my God. One of the tweets was, if Valance just picked up his toys, maybe he'd stop getting murderized every other day and have a happy family life. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. That was brutal. That Absolutely was brutal. went for the throw. I love to see it. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it what it has been about the past, like, what is it, like the past week, week and a half, where they have just been on my ass just bullying me constantly at least at the very least once a day just mm-hmm. a just a little snipe at me but I, I I can't say I hate it it is very funny it is very very funny I will say that it is it really is especially as an outsider <laughs> in other balance related news I woke up today <laughs> to just a timeline film oh my god Charlie Cox as balance <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. 
I will tell you how that happened. I I saw the tweet on my timeline and it looked like a really shitty news source. So I scrolled away. And then one of my mutuals from TikTok DM'd me and she was like, hey, did you see this? Because I didn't even like click on the article or anything. But she sent me a screenshot of the article and it was highlighted. Like, we think we's, he's going to play Baylor Valens. And I was like, I had like a conniption. I... <laughs> I, I I think I, it was what I was like 10 pages into shadow of the Sith. Uh, and I like put it down and I started crying just a little bit. <laughs> and then, what was like the the next, I don't even know, like two, three hours. I obsessed over it. And then we made the Henry Cavill tweet and then it just went downhill descended from there. Chaos. Descended into chaos is the only way that I would ever equate that <laughs> having Charlie Cox who I have been wanting in the to be in Star Wars for years ever since I learned about him auditioning for Han Solo but having him play balance would truly be just like the universe playing some sick fucking joke on me <laughs> it would be so funny it would be so funny so funny <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing that would make you read or make you join balance nation <laughs> I know, I know somebody was having a good, the one person in casting who's red Imperial cadet having a good laugh. <laughs> so true of them. Han Valley Warriors, we rise. <laughs> they said, we got you. We also want to say this news source probably is not no, accurate at all. No, it is very, all. very untrustworthy. I was looking We're just it up for funsies. It canon, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're just, they, we're just for funsies they also Talking. thought that the they also thought that the books and the comics and the tv shows weren't canon so that shows how much they really know about the star wars universe i like how they <laughs> knew enough about the comics to knew who balance was but we're like not canon i was like i guess balance is from legends but cad bane isn't <laughs> POV balance existed before Cad Bane. Well, he technically did, but well, I, I'm not. I'm not going to go into that. Let, let's move on. <laughs> we'll move on uh, to our main part of the week, which is discussing the first movie in our chronological Star Wars rewatch, The Phantom Menace. Um, does anybody have thoughts they want to kick it off with? Maybe their favorite part of the movie. My favorite part, um, first of all, I'm just going to say, I used to like this movie a lot. It was like top five for me. And then I rewatched it the other day. And I don't know if it's just because I forgot to take my meds or something, but I was struggling. <laughs> I did not focus for the life of me. I'm watching this like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but anyways. My favorite part um, is when uh, Shmi and Anakin say goodbye to each other because I actually really love Shmi. And Shmi stan. I am, I think I am the number one Shmi stan. I will say that right now. Anyways. As you should be. Um, and baby Anakin is just precious. Pocket-sized. He's Pocket so small sized. and he deserves better. But anyways, yeah. their, their separation <laughs> you it's so sad but anyways that's it that's my favorite part I would say my favorite part is the pod racing part because 
my dad growing up he was like there for the release of the original trilogy like i grew up watching the star wars movies in my house and that's the The pod racing part i blacked out I, I the way that out. I was like the way that too I was fully coming into this podcast being like I'm gonna slander the pod racing so <laughs> fucking much. That's the thing. Anyway, continue. <laughs> I grew up watching Star Wars with my dad, and he always had the prequels on because I was born in in the early 2000s. So like I grew up with the prequels, and one of the parts that I would always like just walk in on when I came down from my room or whatever was the pod racing part because I guess he liked that part too. I I think pod racing is I think it's just a silly little sport in Emily's face right now. It's just. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's cool. Uh, I don't know who any of the other pod racers' names are. I just know that their pod racers go fast, and it it scratches an itch in my brain. <laughs> but if we're if we're doing something else, I would have to say, hmm. My other favorite part. I mean, the duel of the fates is like that's a staple. Like, there's no way you can hate that fight scene. And I don't want to be cliche and say that, but it, 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 the proof was in the pudding. I mean, that's all I'll say about that. My favorite part has changed. And actually, like, this is the first time that I've watched this movie that it's been my favorite part, but I'm just going to see like Qui-Gon's character as a whole. I used to not really like his character. And then I read Padawan and I don't know, something like changed. And then watching this movie, I was like, no, he's so great. What was I, why was I so, I think it's because uh, Liam Neeson as an actor said that really weird fucking thing oh, a couple yeah. years ago. And it was before I, I had watched the prequels. So it kind of like, I think soured my view of Qui-Gon. Um, but after like reading Padawan and I think maybe a little bit of seeing him in Obi-Wan, I just was like, no, he's really cool. And I think he's a very interesting Jedi because he doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily follow the council um that much but he's not like a full-out way seeker mainly because like way seekers don't really seem to exist by the time Mm -hmm. of the prequels um and I think that him and Obi-Wan's relationship is really great in this like there's kind of a natural chemistry between Liam Neeson and Ewan um that I think really shines through in their parts together even if it's not as like frequent Mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me uh i forget have you read master and apprentice i have not yet <laughs> that will really change like if padawan changed your perception of qui-gon and uh obi-wan's relationship master and apprentice will change it even more um i'm a quick overview of master and apprentice no spoilers or anything uh qui-gon and obi-wan get sent to this planet pygel uh to supervise this like corporate government like treaty thing and it really deals with how with the strain of Qui-Gon being asked to join the council and how it puts a strain on his and Obi-Wan's relationship and it really deals with how they both see the force both differently and the same and that's all I'll say about that because it's if we're getting like more prequels content I gotta say it's a staple um piece of media so I won't spoil too much about that but yeah definitely check out Master and Apprentice and I will have to say I also rewatched the movies last year a lot and after reading Master and Apprentice in like the middle of the summer and watching 
Phantom Menace again, I was like, oh, their Padawan relationship is like, yeah, I, I, I see it. I think but, it's yeah. interesting too, because I feel like so much we see like Padawan and masters who like get along really well and have kind of this like similar view. And I would even say we see that a lot in the High Republic. And it's really interesting how when you look at Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, like they're very different. And not only oh, yeah. that, but like oftentimes like Obi-Wan, like I know in Padawan, but also even in like his excerpts in um Queen's Peril? Peril. 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 He talks about how like sometimes he's like frustrated with Qui-Gon because he doesn't like to follow the rules and mm-hmm. he often forces Obi-Wan to do stuff that he doesn't like to do that he's not as good at. Um, and I think that's really interesting and adds an interesting dynamic that like we often don't see as much with um, yeah. masters and apprentices. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That kind and of, I, um, oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, I kind of wish we saw more of that because I think I love like master and um apprentice or like Padawan relationship that it is like they're like siblings or they're like, you know, father and son or brothers or, you know, we see that a lot. But like, I also think it's interesting to see ones where it is just literally like a teacher and a student, even though I think Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are closer than that, but to see kind of that tension of like, you're not maybe as perfectly matched as like people mm-hmm. often assume that Padawans and Masters are. That's like a big integral, integral, sorry, uh, part of Master and Apprentice is how they kind of like fight in their opposing views of the force and how they have to learn to work together and come ar- and get around it and be this kind of force that we see in the Phantom Menace. Yeah, but I think like it works well because it's like Qui-Gon has everything that Obi-Wan mm-hmm lacks or needs help with like Obi-Wan is very much so stuck in the ways of like he's really anxious so he has a hard time focusing just on the present he's very um you know wants to follow the rules and wants to follow the council and Qui-Gon is more free and thinks the council rules I think at certain points are just like more of a suggestion (laughs) I I really like that aspect about them yeah, I almost wish we got to see more of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think one part that's kind of unfortunate about this movie, not unfortunate, but I think how it splits up Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Qui-Gon, I think almost does a little bit of a disservice to all three of those characters. Because I think if there's one thing, like, if when you're jumping from this movie into Attack of the Clones, even though it's been a lot of years, it just, it kind of does feel jarring when all of a sudden Obi-Wan and Anakin are so close, but we've exactly. seen them interact, like, a handful of times and like yeah you're like okay well they've been together for years we can fill in the gap but it feels weird and also in some cases like it feels like we don't have enough grounding for Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon to really feel that like oh holy shit like he just lost his his master because mm-hmm. like they were together like Obi-Wan's 25 and he's still a Padawan so they've been together for a lot of years almost a decade um, yeah so you know I think had maybe Obi-Wan gone to Tatooine with them I think we could have gotten like more of both the building the dynamic between Obi-Wan and Anakin but also continuing to build the relationship um between Anakin or Obi-Wan and Mm Qui-Gon yeah I feel like that is really it it kind of confuses me why they just made Obi-Wan like stay on the ship and I get Mm -hmm. that like 
I get that he's supposed to protect uh, Padme and the Handmaidens, which we'll get into later once we get like through chronologically. But yeah, splitting them up, I feel like I, I, I still really don't understand that decision. What, 23 years later? What? Or I, I can't do that math. Nobody correct me. Uh, <laughs> it came out, I think right. it came out in 1999. So yeah, yeah okay. Okay. Liz, awesome. Your Liz and I were born. Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> And then I was born the year Attack of the Clones came out, so. Now, I guess we'll just kind of go through our thoughts on, like, the movie as a whole. We can move Mm -hmm. through it a little bit in chronological order, but I'm sure we'll drop around a little bit based on, like, characters and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, any thoughts about the opening of this movie? Uh, Like, the negotiations between, with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon? I tried playing this like this level on Lego Star Wars and I got a headache because I can't I can't <laughs> I am never good with like steering ships on games or whatever like even when I played the Battlefront 2 campaign I was like it this is impossible uh but yeah I just I couldn't do it and th- watching that last night reminded me of that and it gave me a headache a little bit uh <laughs> how this movie starts off is very I don't want to say jarring but it really like gets you straight into the action mm-hmm. and I cannot speak for this because I obviously did not see this in theaters but I think the seeing lightsabers on screen again for the first time in 1999 since the ending of Return of the Jedi must have been like a really insane thing to see and getting into when Maul shows up a double-bladed red lightsaber like Mm-hmm. theaters must have been going wild um but going back to the beginning of the movie there <laughs> i noticed last night there's a way the way that that obi-wan says elusive it's like it it like elusive <laughs> i don't know why but i couldn't stop thinking about that <laughs> i couldn't stop thinking about the random force speed that they use and that is never mentioned or used again in any of the films i'm like what the fuck was that (laughs) it's not even used again in this film literally just use it to get away from the droidicas droidicas or whatever (laughs) just don't mention it ever again i was like oh my god no, I literally have written down the way they zoom away. Like, those witches were a blur. <laughs> I was like, you never wanted to use that skill again? Never? You didn't want to teach that to Anakin? I don't think so. Do you have any thoughts on the opening? Um, I I kind of agree with, hey, it is a little bit jarring. It's just, it feels very different from the original trilogy, so I... I can't imagine what it would be like being in the theater in 1999, like seeing th- that's the first Star Wars thing you've seen since Return of the Jedi. And then you go in and it's just like, okay, trade dispute time. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like not in a bad way. Like I love the politics of the prequels, but like, what? It's very bizarre. Yeah. And, an- and another thing I have written down is like when they, when the when the trade federation like puts the dioxys into the vents they they all like <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> laugh the way very- that the droid like stumbles out of the door and like oh dear like as if yeah. the room wasn't full of poison like girl 
Oh man. It's oh. camp. It truly is. This movie is nothing if not camp. <laughs> um I oh forget. another thing. Oh sorry. I forget go ahead. what happened. I forget what happens next. I I do. I wrote this down. The way um <laughs> The way I saw this movie, did, like mostly, like I started it last night when I watched it mostly today, I've already forgot. <laughs> so true. So after Obi Wan and Qui Gon freaking Jedi force zoom away from the little shooty things, they go into the vents. Among Us imposter. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad Uh-oh. joke. <laughs> Anyway, they go through the vents and then they get to the the droid like plane things that take them down to the surface. Now, they're not supposed to be on these planes, right? So I would assume that the droids just to save money or energy or whatever just wouldn't have oxygen on those ships because they don't need to like man the ships. How did Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon survive if there was if there could have been no oxygen on the ships? They have their they breathers. Have yeah. That's right. Or I thought those only worked in water. Uh, no, I think usually they're pretty versatile. Because I remember in, like, Shadow of the Sith, I don't think this is, like, a spoiler, I guess, just concept. But, like, Luke loses, uses one on, like, a planet. Oh. Like, he has a breather. So I think it's for whatever. <laughs> Fun. Um, so... Hanging out with the droids. Hell yeah. (laughs) Just vibing with the droids. (laughs) So they get down to the planet and then the tanks are mowing down all of the plants and animal life. And then we meet Jar Jar Binks. Um, I do not even want to speak on Jar Jar Binks. I don't don't think he's like- Amethyst, I love you so much. Amethyst. This is nothing on you. Yeah, nothing on you, bestie. But like, I I don't think he's necessarily like bad. I think he's very over dramatized by the fandom. I mm-hmm. he he's of course supposed to be like the voice of comedic relief or whatever. But it depending on your sense of humor, it can get old very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I I don't mind him. I think he's worse than the Clone Wars, but even the then it's like arc, not the whole arc with him oh of him real. kissing the queen Jar Jar canonically fucks <laughs> i hated that i season six is so rough i'm season gonna be real six you. season like, six I, the fives arc i can no, i can't i watch what i when i watch clone wars i watch like two episodes and then i turn it off yep like maybe i'll watch like if i'm feeling a little just brain dead i'll watch the yoda arc which like imagine in 2013 when the show ended and the show ends with an arc about yoda I would and it's just so like mad. i would be so upset i yeah it's, it's and it, kind that's of boring not gonna lie like no that's how you end the boring show? yeah no i would i would have become the joker because it yeah. ends on the arc with like yoda's forced vision or whatever of Sidious and Dooku Mm -hmm. and then they like go back to the temple and then that's it because they they had like extra episodes planned like they had the arc with um with Boba Fett and Cad Bane and I forget 
dark Dis- the dark disciple arc was in was supposed to be then too right yeah that was I- supposed to be season seven i think yeah so they just like cut that entire show in the middle of the season when there were still unresolved arcs and whatever i would have become the joker i but I, like why did we get the jar jar and mace windu arc and the yoda arc and not the dark, dark disciple, disciple. <laughs> why i don't know i do gotta say i do like those arcs but like in com- in comparison to the dark disciple arc like i, I take the dark disciple arc mm-hmm. but anyways <laughs> uh so the way they zoom away the queen's voice oh this is um when they're on the planet um and then we get to Otto Gunga. I think Gunga? Yeah. yeah. Um, Otto Gunga and uh, Boss Nass, I think is his name. He gives, I don't want to say he gives, but like he hands Jar Jar over to the protection of Qui-Gon because he, he technically, yeah, he technically saved his life, life and therefore debt. he has a life debt. Oh God. Um, <laughs> so they go and they have to go through the planet core. Which is where they get the the ship. You sound like Dracula. (laughs) That was a real (laughs) Dracula impression. Not a great uh, Gungan impression. (laughs) You silly little gals. Go through the planet, (laughs) Garblin. He's gonna turn into bats. That's how they get across the planet. <laughs> oh my god. And I like that snake jar jar. Like what we do in the shadow style, just going, that. <laughs> have I not been bullied enough this week? No. <laughs> you haven't. POV, yeah. I get cast in the Dracula remake. Okay. So they get the <laughs> they get they get the ship. Which is stingray a, ship. Stingray ship. I love uh, that little stupid stingray boat little, so much. I love that little ship. Why does it have like the stingray like tail? Like, what is the Why does the ship have tentacles? Like, and if it's trying to blend in, I think it's either doing a really bad job or a really good job because that fish did try to eat it. Yeah. So the the ship is called a Bongo, and then they obviously go through the planet core to get to the Naboo. Um one of the ships that one of the not the ships one of the creatures that chases them is the cola clawfish which from oh God, solo six solo reference six solo reference dryden eats those eggs on the what is it the the first light is his yacht name is it the sure. no <laughs> idea. brand new information to me <laughs> yeah no i'm serious it's i think it's called the first light or something it's, having to do with like no right. not the not the ship name him eating the eggs from that oh, creature yeah he he has a little um, cup and he has a little yeah, fork like, and they look like little clawfish eggs yeah. yeah like i remember it but i guess i didn't ever connect that that was like the same yeah well here's another I, I get caught up in the scarab reference there so ah but the the, the reason that we know they're called the cola clawfish eggs or like what they are is also because in the um in bounty hunters 2020 not to make a reference to that it's not oh it's not balanced God. it's not balance oh related my, I, I promise forgot, I start the balance I, count. <laughs> it's not balance related I okay prom- i'm just doing it pre okay. <laughs> okay um there's a big like bounty hunter like 
kind of contest on is it Malastare? I I I I want to say Malastare, but I don't remember. But one of the the head of the banking clan eats cola clawfish eggs there, mm-hmm. and that's another reference to Solo and Dryden. Kira does it in um I can't remember which issue, but it's in Crimson Rain. I think it's actually it just when like- she's talking to Cadelia. Is it yeah, just I like caviar? Right. Is that like the yeah? It's just basically Star caviar. Wars. And the reason why it's so expensive is, is because all of the Naboo like sea creatures that live in the ocean they take a really long time to reproduce. Which brings me into my next point is that the other thing, the big thing with like the hands and like the really wide mouth, that is the actually dinosaur. referenced in yeah the dinosaur looking thing. That's actually referenced in Vader twenty twenty when Vader goes to Naboo with the handmaidens and they have to go and find like information about Padme's death. Mm-hmm. and vader kills one of those like big mouth things and one of the jokes is that um he has a droid with him z6 or z6 sorry for the fellow americans um and you're, about, you're an honorary canadian now <laughs> thank Just you saying. thank you <laughs> uh and the the droid makes a joke like oh you just increased the uh the extinction rate of the species by 98% because they take so Jesus long. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Motherfucker is a savage in the comics. I don't know what he did or like, wh- I don't even remember why he, he like killed the thing, but yeah, he made her in 2020s a, a fun little guy. Um, but yeah, that thing eats the cola clawfish. Funny little guy. That thing though, eats indeed. He's the cola clawfish, and then a bunch of other stuff happens, and I don't remember what. Um, lots of and fish. Lots of fish. Lots of, lots fish. of tiny Trying to eat fish. them, and then them being eaten, and then there's always a bigger fish. Yeah. <laughs> and their <laughs> ship like stops working for two seconds, and then it starts up again. I was like, why did right. we? Need this? Yeah. Why did we need this? Also, Obi Wan hot wires the ship. Like apparently, he just knows how to do that. Which you know, Obi Wan. <laughs> I will say Obi-Wan is hilarious in this movie. I don't I know, know if I've noticed that before, but his so one-liners funny. were killing me. So funny. I I tweeted about this yesterday, if you follow me on Twitter, but I said, like, why do we all forget that Obi-Wan called Anakin pathetic? Like, why do we all just forget <laughs> that line? Like, he called him fucking pathetic. And honestly, if I was Anakin and I found out he called me pathetic, another reason I would turn into Darth Vader. So but, true. <laughs> but moving on... We switch to the interior of the Naboo Palace with uh, Padme and the Handmaidens talking to Palpatine. And we get, of course, the first look at the Handmaidens. Well, not, yeah. We get the first look at the Handmaidens. Mm -hmm. And we, and I have written down in my notes, Queen's Peril tease. Because if you haven't read the Padme books, Queen's Peril is a prequel kind of like happening some of the events are happening concurrently with the phantom menace and it like switches in between characters uh it's my personal favorite of the padme books if you're interested in like padme and naboo lore uh definitely go check those out but we learn a lot about the handmaidens and that is definitely why um phantom menace has jumped up in people's rankings just ever since queen's peril came out um and moving on we have once they finish and like the trade federation cuts off their their signal we have the droids coming in from the forest of naboo and we have like those big statue things i want to know who those people are i don't know uh and i i think i found this out for the first time reading queen's peril but the guy with like the silly little beard and the poofy sleeves his name is governor 
Governor Bibble, and I can't stop thinking about the fucked up little guy from the Barbie Mermaid movies. Are are those the The fairy movies? The the fairy movies from Fairy Tokyo. (laughs) And I don't know. Brain worms. In my notes, I just want to let you know the three things that I have. I have Jar Jar killed someone for sure because why the fuck else has he been banished for life? He killed someone. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. What the fuck does (laughs) what the fuck what the fuck does a legal blockade even mean? Yeah. Treaty to make an invasion legal? Question mark, question mark, question mark. (laughs) The politics in this movie are so weird. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? Jesus tried to treaty to make this invasion legal you're already invading why do you have to do it legally (laughs) (laughs) i don't know trade federation are some silly little guys so true but stemming off of the governor bibble point we get the first mention or like saying of the phrase we are brave your highness which if you've read the padme books you know that's kind of like the uniting i don't want to say mantra but kind of quote that the handmaidens share and it really like yes their motto and it really signifies their bond and how dedicated they are to padme did you guys um know that that line was the first time that star wars ever packed past the uh bechdel test like ever really these two women interacting and not talking about a man oh because it's sabe and both sabe and padme are named mm-hmm. also uh sophia court ford coppola as one of the handmaidens. Yeah. I think she, which one is she? Uh, Sasha? No fucking idea. I thought I, as, as if she's Sasha or I'm pretty sure she's the one that gets tortured during this movie. Erte? It I might be Erte. I think Sasha books. Is, is the one that gets Okay. Tortured. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure she's the one that ends up getting tortured during this book. She is also one of the uh, lesbians. Mm-hmm. so Sasha and yeah Sasha, Sasha and Yane are <laughs> oh she might be Yane Yase 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 <laughs> but yeah is it's Sasha and Yane are the lesbians that adopt a bunch of children which you know what good for them I love I um, think she uh she also becomes like yeah the senator the or something yeah. or like the yeah governor. whatever they call like she's yeah. like a representative or something for the planet mm-hmm. so let's go lesbians <laughs> Let's go, lesbians. Let's, let's go. Let's go, Sophia Ford Coppola. <laughs> Get him, girly. Um, so once they're being led out of the palace into the courtyard, Obi-Wan, I don't know what it is about the Phantom Menace, but he does so many like straddle jumps where he kicks out two droids at the same time. I've never did- seen Obi-Wan kick so much in his life. I know. <laughs> it- I don't know why, but it threw me off so bad. <laughs> like it was his like go-to move was just yeah. like kick. <laughs> it's so <laughs> and when they're getting led out of the courtyard palpatine and darth maul show up for the first time and the one of the things i have written down is meningly menacingly crosses arms because when maul shows up behind palpatine he kind of like crosses his arms and looks like really <laughs> He was just waiting for his cue. Yeah, he was just like, waiting for the drama. I was also like, what if Palpatine ended up not deciding to send Darth Maul? Would he have just been like standing in the back, like standing there? Whatever you say, Master. I'm here for whatever. Oh my god. But yeah, that definitely did me a good chuckle. Uh, I already made that joke yesterday 
tiny Padme. She's very pocket-sized. So um, another thing I wrote down when they go to... So at this point, they get to the hangar, and then they get in the Nubian starfighter that eventually gets shot down by the trad... I don't want to say shot down, but like shot at by the Trade Federation, and then it busts their hyperdrive, and then they have to land on Tatooine, which... Ooh! ooh um, yes. MacGuffin. So true. <laughs> And the next thing I have written down is when they're obviously on Tatooine and Qui-Gon and I forget who else goes into town with them. Um, Jar and Padme and mm-hmm. Arkham, but Yeah. So Panaka, who's the, the captain of the Queen's Guard, he brings Padme out to Qui-Gon because the Queen wants to explore the town, which, like, they can't really say she's the Queen because she's in handmaiden dress right now. It's a very tongue-in-cheek, very funny kind of ha-ha moment. But, like, whenever Padme have... said the Queen wouldn't like this and Qui-Gon yeah. keeps saying she'll trust me and care. she's like, no, bitch. <laughs> And the thing I have written down is like Panaka's face when she when she's like talking to Qui-Gon about the queen wanting to explore. It's just so funny. It's like tired dad just cannot yeah. deal with his children. <laughs> that is literally the best way to describe Panaka. Like it's just a tired the, dad. The Padme books. It's <laughs> like he is so tired. He's so fed up with these teenager shit. Like <laughs> he's like. Two weeks ago, they snuck out to go see a fucking concert. And now we're in the middle of a fucking floor. My my wife is in a camp right now. I've hit my limit. (laughs) My favorite was when the one, I can't remember which pad or which handmaiden it was, but they got their period and he was losing his shit because the blood alarm went off. And his wife had to be like, it's okay, she's fine. She's a teenage girl. (laughs) Oh, Panaka, you silly little guy. Uh, He also makes an an appearance in Leia, Princess of Alderaan, which I will not talk about because... Yeah, I haven't read it, but I've heard other people talk about it, so I won't talk about it then, and I don't want to spoil the book for you. Um... But then we have, obviously, Qui-Gon and Padme going into town along with Jar Jar. We have, I think this is then, but we have the Quinlan Voss cameo. Yes. Shout out to Kels <laughs> at Discount Sansa Stark. Uh, Quinlan is their little guy. They We were shopping at Celebration with them, and they we came upon at one of the stalls an unmarked styrofoam just box. And... Um, I guess on like the there was a sticky note or something and it said like Quinlan exclusive figure but it was taped up so they couldn't get it in or they couldn't like get in there to see what it was so they said fuck it we ball they bought it and then they took it home and they opened it up and it was like a super no, they opened it like right after they did after they bought it yeah like um, oh no, I, think, I think the vendor was like do you want me to open this for you Oh, like, oh, oh, you know why? God, <laughs> you know why I didn't know that part? Because Sage and I were in the corner were, watching. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I was watching, watching the, the Jedi Survivor trailer with, with Sage. Um, but yeah, and then when they got, I think when they got home, they found out it was like a super exclusive figure from a con in like 2013 or something. So that was a W and that's why you always say, fuck it, we ball. Exactly. Um, so then we move into the scene where they obviously go to Watto's workshop. I'm not going to speak on Watto. Uh, the only thing I have about Watto is Watto, my enemy. Um, Listen, this movie has um, so many 
racial stereotypes. Good lord. It is <laughs> awful. It's it, horrid. Like, that is my least favorite part of this movie because it's yeah. just relentless. It's bad. It's, it's so every bad. single time, like almost every time a new alien species gets introduced, mm-hmm. it's a racial stereotype. And I'm like, please. Uh-uh. Wado is one of them a British accent, please. Wado's <laughs> probably the worst, but the Neomodians, I forgot how oh, bad yeah. they really are. I'm like, oh my God. This could yeah. not have been. I was like, this was not okay in 1999. I don't care and what anybody says. The, the way that in different countries, like their accents sound different and they kind of match like what that country's political enemy is. No. It I really did not know that. in the fact that it's very much a racial stereotype. Oh, good Lord. I know. I know. <sighs> an unfortunate about, amount about Nimoidians not by Ugh. my own will so <laughs> i did not know that about the nemodians yeah. but <laughs> moving on moving on to other things because yes. i don't even want to speak on Watto. nope <laughs> um we have the first appearance of baby anakin uh very very small his his bowl cut is adorable um well, and then we have jake lloyd is not doing a bad job george lucas cannot write children to save his life though i was like jake lloyd is a fine child actor like really i don't think any other child actor could have really done a better job like the dialogue and the things that he was forcing jake to do like it's not natural it's not convinced that george lucas has never had a normal conversation with another human being oh no ever i no the amount of times somebody said yippee in this movie, I was, I was like, somebody needs to stop him. I someone needs never, to stop him. I have never heard someone in my almost 20 years of living say the words yippee in a not sarcastic, normal way. Because I thought it was just the one where Anakin says it like, right, where Wada's like, you can go home after you No, do this. there's like, like three of them. But there's so many and it's not even just Anakin. They're like, it's like at one point there's like a full grown adult man that says yippee. And I'm like, no, <laughs> we have to, this has to end. Why didn't somebody edit these out? <laughs> so once we get the appearance of baby Anakin, we have his kind of first moment alone with Padme while Qui-Gon and Watto are, um, hashing it out and Anakin goes are you an angel to Padme and then they have that like cute little exchange and a fun detail that I wanted to point back to the Clone Wars I've actually been making to I've been meaning to make a TikTok about this for a long time now but in the Clone Wars there's the there's the arc with the blue shadow virus and the only way to to cure the blue shadow virus is this like really obscure root from a vine on the moons of Iego, which is what Anakin mentions when he talks about Padme being an angel from the moons of Iego. And when they're on the moons of Iego, they have like angels from the other moons that come at this like little council thing. And a fun detail about that is that the angel is voiced by Padme's voice actress. So it's Aww. kind of like a nice callback to the Phantom Menace. It, yeah, I, I I don't know if anyone else has noticed that, but it I did, and it made me feel very happy inside. It's cute. It's just a silly I little just, reference. I just want to know why nine-year-old Anakin has better game than nineteen-year-old Anakin. Yep. It's like, really? are you an angel? Like that's that's cute. cute. That yeah, that could work. But like the fucking like oh my god, nineteen-year-old Anakin, you should have. 
when you saw Padme again, he should have said something like, oh, my angel has returned. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, so if you grow more beautiful for a senator, I mean, dude. Dude. Get it together, Anakin. Why did you get worse at socializing? (laughs) The Jedi's fault. (laughs) Also, the caption, or at least my caption, 100% said a Lego. (laughs) Like, they didn't. Oh my god. Legos are canon in Star Wars. Canon. <laughs> canon gavel banged. Okay. Um, we do have canonical braces, my favorite thing in this We film. do. I have them written down too. That was the very slave funny. slave orthodontist. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay. Like, I was like, here's the thing. I understand braces being canon in Star Wars 100%. I don't understand them being canon on Tatooine. Yeah. <laughs> on slave what? children. Like, who is who is funding those? <laughs> like i was like I who's funding know. those even if you're not a slave it's not it's not like if you're not the huts it doesn't seem like anybody's really rich on tatooine yeah who is affording braces does tatooine have universal health care is that why this <laughs> slave child can have braces like i if it was a coruscant child to be like 100 percent maybe yeah but like understand. tatooine <laughs> did the Bizarre. huts provide health care yeah maybe hmm. i don't know but like maybe the huts are really <laughs> terrible but like in the one thing they're like we we will make yeah. sure everyone has universal health care we need to make sure the slaves are healthy oh, hot sponsored universal health care they can't work with crooked teeth <laughs> <laughs> if their jaws are fucked up <laughs> this movie is bizarre but moving on i wasn't paying attention oh no one thing i noticed is that anakin said he isn't originally from tatooine like him and his mom moved there so my question is where is anakin from if he's not from tatooine i don't think they've ever established it no but that's something i noticed and then i think think (laughs) they moved to tatooine when he was like Three? yeah three but yeah. they just don't mention where he came from before maybe it's in brotherhood i haven't read brotherhood i got 12 pages into it i have not either. and <laughs> but i wasn't paying attention i was writing down the notes and i got jump scared by the pit droid like popping up yeah <laughs> okay. i i did get jump scared by multi- by multiverse of madness i got jump scared by a pit droid so that happened yesterday and of course i wrote down yippee which we've already discussed and then another thing I wrote down is the Gillette Razor comms, which if you don't know the lore behind those, what they did for the comm units was they basically just like deconstructed Gillette Razors, spray painted them and said, and gave one to Liam Neeson. It was like, here, use this as a comm or a comm link, quote unquote. My favorite was like the, in Anakin's little, like where he's building C-3PO, you can see one of those, like the wiffle ball. Throwing. The wiffle ball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like I'm just hanging the back, and they like spray painted it silver. But I'm like, I know what that is. Yeah, they didn't. You're not hiding at all. Oh my god. Also, I was like, what is he doing? Before he moved on, on the scene in Watto's workshop when him and Qui Gon are talking, there's a shot of Qui Gon walking away, and I don't know, like, I don't know what it is, but there, it was the poncho and the way that his pants looked or something it looked like he was wearing like thigh high boots <laughs> no pants underneath and just the poncho and I was like wow this is Qui-Gon's hot girl summer moment <laughs> it's always hot, hot girl, girl summer on Tatooine <laughs> so true. 
Qui-Gon's having a hot, a hot Jedi, a hot Jedi <laughs> Master Summer. Yes. <laughs> Picking up a slave child. <laughs> oh man! Just because I'm saving slaves doesn't mean I can't look like a fight. <laughs> My favorite—he's not saving slaves. I love when he's True. like. And he's like, are you here to free us? And Qui-Gon's like, no, that's a no. you problem, bitch. <laughs> that's oh. not my job. <laughs> so um, okay. when they're using the Gillette razors, they call, um, Obi-Wan calls, no, Qui-Gon calls Obi-Wan and he asks if there's like anything on there that they can sell. And he said, just the queen's wardrobe, which fun fact about the Poe comics, Leia gets possession somehow uh no yeah leia gets possession somehow of padme's clothes like they have the lake dress they have a bunch of her old um queen amidala dresses and they long story short they want to put it in a vault but the real reason they're in a vault is to rescue someone and part of the diversion is that they're trying to get the dresses into the vault but someone agent Terex, my enemy comes in and steals the ship that the dresses are on but what leia did is she put a tracker on it that would track it, them through hyperspace just in case the the clothes got stolen so Terex figures that because he knows how leia is and how she works and he fucking jettisons the dresses into hyperspace so basically any and all trace that was left of padme's i i can't see her face right now but any and all trace of padme is just gone disintegrated into hyperspace i am not reading the poe comics anymore (laughs) i can't deal with that i i'm sorry wardrobe is yeah that was like my hyper fixation for i want to say like two years oh my god don't i'm sorry i can't <laughs> i sorry. can't i cannot deal with that <laughs> but yeah agent terex is my enemy uh but then after the comment about the queen's wardrobe we see a doug and daniel jose older who has been my bully for the past few days is a doug enjoyer so i want to say shout out to him first of all because he's a doug oh um, i was like what are you talking yeah, about? like the little little fucked up like things that walk in the back of their hands yes, and they I, their could, I was like yeah I was so confused I didn't know that's what Sebulba's race was called I don't know what any yeah. species <laughs> I I only know it because I've read a bunch of the comics and I've had to like look it up on Wikipedia like who the fuck is this guy but Dugs are from Malastare and they were also in the Clone Wars arc with the Zillow Beast but that's for another <laughs> your face right now <laughs> um but after the DJO comment, I want it. I ha- I wrote down pause. I want Jedi robes. I think it's because I saw Obi Wan in like the the big cloak thing. I I don't know. It's just a vibe. No, it has um, the same vibes as your Valance cape. Not gonna lie. You're so right. No, I was thinking about that when I was watching it too, because it's like the same material. And mm-hmm. even though I what I did for the Valance cape was I sewed the the little ribbon like shut so I wouldn't have to worry about like retying it throughout the day uh I also that's how I broke my sewing machine so if you're up on the Hayden lore I broke my sewing machine for what like a month um basically the month before celebration I broke my my sewing machine which was really fun to try and figure out but yeah that's how I broke the sewing machine um 
so yeah jedi robes they just look cool they look comfortable they're very flowy lots of airflow um so the the sandstorm is coming in and then anakin goes come on i'll take you to my place like you said before how does nine-year-old anakin have more game than 19 year old anakin exactly like, he's just so smooth talking he he just he gets it and then <laughs> he understands I, the ladies because so he's true. the son of a single mom yeah milf at that <laughs> and next up i have shmi written down on my notes so i will transfer the conversation to you Liv I, I just I love her so much she's so kind-hearted and <laughs> she raised Anakin to be kind-hearted and not think of himself and like <laughs> and then he's taken away and all of that goes away kind of anyways that's it that's my that's my shmi rant also her and Qui-Gon fucked and no one can tell me otherwise I will die on that hill. So true. We know from the High Republic that Jedi Jedi fuck. Jedi can fuck. fuck. They just can't form emotional attachment. There's nothing about them being. Yeah, but there's nothing about you being celibate. He didn't form connections. He didn't give a shit about his family. He didn't have a government license to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So like Qui Gon could. I mean, Qui Gon fucked, and then he said, "I have no attachment. Just (laughs) bye, peace, steal your son. Bye." He like tried for like half a second. He was like, "Can I free the boy and his mother?" And Wada was like, "No." And he's like, "Okay, I'll just do the boy." And then I was like, "Oh, yeah. good, yeah." Good attempt. Then he nice he gave a chance to get Anakin, <laughs> dude. Man. So then at Anakin's little what like dwelling, I'm gonna call it because I can't think of a better word for it. It's a pretty Lacey sick home. House? I don't know. Oh like, yeah. I was like, for a slave. Hmm yeah government housing and universal health care maybe the the huts aren't that bad <laughs> maybe maybe the maybe the republic was the real villain <laughs> so silly it's like that tiktok audio from veggie tales that's like <laughs> four square meals a day we were living the life or whatever <laughs> and the other one's like we were in tales that brings up some memories <laughs> but it's catholic so we didn't watch veggie tales <laughs> it's just religious at all but i still somehow know veggie tales. <laughs> i watched it in my grandma's car when we went up to her house in jacksonville yeah we had one of those little screens and she would always play them for us okay. my favorite was the either the easter one or the christmas one with like the big star but yeah, anyways, VeggieTales tangent over. Um, we get we get naked C-3PO with the the wiffle ball scene that you guys talked about. I didn't catch that, but there's a spray-painted um, wiffle ball, what is it, thrower? Yeeter. Yeeter? Yeeter, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, scooping, scooping throw. <laughs> scooping yeet. <laughs> But we have C-3PO's first introduction, uh, and I don't know how they found him in canon, but in Legends, Anakin literally, like, finds him in a garbage dump. Like, it in the comic that, I, I forget which comic it is, I think it's the Phantom Menace, like, one-shots that they released, which I have the Padme version of. Uh, 
he literally finds him like in the garbage heap next to his pod racer. So that's how we get C-3PO. And then we have Darth Maul in his little silly little scimitar, which is his, his ship with like the big long nose and the wings. And if I, I got a plug because my homie Eddie is the best. Um, Ray Park, who played Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace, he's going to be, if you're in the South Florida area, he's going to be at Past, Present, Future it, on University Drive on July 24th signing autographs i'm not sure of the details you can look on their facebook page or whatever but yeah i always gotta go visit your local comic book stores because once you make connections there they're just super nice and they'll 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 do whatever you want um so shout out to eddie sorry that was a strange tangent but the way that darth maul says revenge is just very it scratches an itch in my brain i don't know what it is i'm very obsessed with the 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 verbiage used mm-hmm. in this movie but moving back to the dwelling where Shmi and Qui-Gon and Anakin are we get I think Shmi is working on the scanner with, because they have that conversation about how all of the slaves are chipped with an ID tag that nobody knows where it is and Anakin mentions that he's making a scanner to um to locate the chip so she i i think she's working on the scanner itself which good for her um if anyone wants to talk about what the scanner means in queen's hope when they have that little insert i think it's called about baru and shmi um i will send that to you oh okay (laughs) i have like i remember it but i i don't know details I'm so sorry. I know a very vague outline, but basically yeah. Baru continues Shmi's work of making the scanner. They and... remove Shmi's. Like, they yeah. do the scanner, they remove Shmi's, but, like, the issue is, like, every time they remove someone's, it gets harder the next time. Yeah, yeah. Like, so... Switches or something. Yeah, and then, like, it's something, like, I think Sabe hears about it and asks one of the handmaidens if they can, like, get better technology for them and then i think they're able to like get the technology and remove more Mm. because it's better because they were just making it off of like yeah it was like whichever one was like the techie one yeah (laughs) uh yeah and they like remove a bunch but also like they talk about like anakin's and i was like did Plata like deactivate it then did anakin ever have one because they like they bring it up and then it's like okay but like you still have that <laughs> yeah and i think also in queen's hope they mentioned that like once you once you purchase a slave you, the like tag gets transferred over to the new owner so qui- did the tag get transferred over to qui-gon and then he deactivated it that was probably necessary information that was not in the movie yeah. because we're why are, like why are you bringing up the slave chips if it's not gonna if like your chip's not yeah. gonna do anything if it's not gonna like be a plot point <laughs> i guess it's like that's why they can't bring like they can't just like take shmi or just like take anakin yeah because apparently to quote anakin they'll explode which blow you up <laughs> in the words of anakin george Lee has never talked to a child why would a child <laughs> say that about him and his mother being potentially blown up 
<laughs> oh, Georgie boy, you silly, silly man. <laughs> uh, so then I forget if it's then or or a little bit later, but we have actually, I am an avid Star Wars soundtrack listener. So we have the first notes of Qui-Gon's funeral theme play when Qui-Gon is testing Anakin's blood for midichlorians, which I don't know what that means or if I'm misinterpreting that. That was very strange. It's just something I noticed. Um, basically, also in the scene where Anakin and Shmi are telling Qui-Gon about pod racing, the only thing I could think of is the epic highs and lows of high school football because they're like, it's all the rage here. I don't know why. Uh, shout out to Nova. Shout out to Nova and Julia, the resident Riverdale enjoyers. <laughs> um, in the year twenty twenty two. Yeah. Are they okay? <laughs> Is Nova ever okay? No. Okay. No, they're not. <laughs> I was like, Nova kins Lightning McQueen, which I actually find more normal than her uh, kidding Ke- or Kendall from. That <laughs> shit. Fact, they actually just rewatched Cars like last night or two days ago. So. I'm pretty sure they're actively watching the first season of Riverdale again. I I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but yeah, the <laughs> shout out to the Riverdale enjoyers on here. Oh, um, so just Nova and Julia. Yeah. yeah, love you guys, heart hands. Um, and then we have Shmi saying, where is it? Uh, Shmi saying the biggest problem in the galaxy is that nobody helps each other. Well, it's Anakin saying, Shmi saying the biggest problem in the galaxy is that nobody helps, helps each other. And I feel like that is a really big um, kind of tenet of Shmi's character is that all she wants to do is help her son. Mm-hmm. And that's why she encourages him to go with the Jedi and give him and help him have the best life that he possibly has mm-hmm. or possibly could have. So shout out to Shmi. Love you. Shout out to um, Shmi. But something else that I always think of when I rewatch The Phantom Menace is that I also tweeted about this yesterday, but Shmi looks like my sophomore year chemistry teacher. And it is just in my brain every single time I watch it I just think oh there's Dr. Redacted yeah my chemistry teacher was a doctor <laughs> but yeah I, I brought it up to my friends at school and they're like holy shit they're they're the same person but yeah if I can find a picture I'll post it later but yeah they're like uncanny Interesting. so we then once they finish like that little bit we have Padme saying like you said before the queen would not approve which is kind of like a tongue-in-cheek like haha funny moment the way um, she's like well i won't i don't approve i don't approve <laughs> i don't approve. it's very funny um and what else we have the pod racing <laughs> listen i'm a pod race enjoyer i don't I'm think a it's po- too bad i'm a pod <laughs> race hater <laughs> I enjoy the 1999 classic episode one racer that I bought last year for the Nintendo Switch. And it's basically <laughs> just Mario Kart, but Star Wars. With pod racers. I, I, that scene, why, why are we getting introduced to every racer like it's fucking Mario Kart? Why is it so long? Why is there no music playing the entire time? It's just the sound of the pod racing. Like, what? I can't. I'm sorry. This, this is, is so George no. Lucas being a car dude, but like, to <laughs> this, I, 
scream. I can't stand it. Like I had to pause so many times and like look at my phone or do other things in the pod yeah. racing scene. Like I could not yeah. watch it all the way through. Sure. And it's like, like, I'm like, y'all remember American Graffiti? You want to watch it again? <laughs> but in space? And like the, uh, the pod racer POV. Oh, I can't <laughs> with that. I, I'm sorry. I like I genuinely cannot stand it. This is pod racing slander. Now yes. this, now this is pod, racing, pod slander. racing slander. I like, I can't stand. I'm like, why did this take 20 minutes of this fucking film so we could stand because still? They're just like, why isn't it snappier editing? Why are we just having these long? Sh- it's just, it's just silly little guys and their silly little ships just going stupid, silly fast. This is like, like the Glupshido parade. <laughs> this is the gluppiest of shittos the gluppiest of shittos except i think my favorite pod racer is ben quadraneros just because he's yes. the only pod racer that i know the name of so true i still so, stand by um Cibola. ben solo is named ben because of ben quadraneros because Tom <laughs> a like i will i will die by that <laughs> forget obi-wan it's exactly. it's because of ben quadraneros it is <laughs> i i do like i do like the warwick davis cameo the warwick davis cameo is very funny i appreciate it because i think he's also playing the little isn't he also playing the little um, the rhodian guy the rhodian guy i i i don't know why i don't know why kitster and the rhodian are like anakin's pick girl like why are they just on the track (laughs) these are children I love those two so much. Like, Kister is the sassiest motherfucker in that movie. He's so funny. I love, I love, Anakin's never finished a race before. You're snitching on him now, (laughs) And Padme's like, what the fuck do you mean? You've never run a run or finished a race before. And he's like, I'm sure I'll do it this time. And Padme's like, okay. We're never getting off this fucking planet. (laughs) She's like, my planet is ending. I'm never going to go out this, this <laughs> desert planet. Oh, my God. So speaking of Kitster and Wald, they made their very first reappearance in the canon yes! in 23 years in Darth Vader 23 when they're on that little colony thing from the last issue like a month ago or so. Uh, I do not. We talked about it last week, but yeah, shout out to them for showing up. Shout out to them. I honestly, I thought Kumail Nanjiani in Kenobi was going to be Kitster. Was going to be Kitster. I was like ride or die for that. But honestly, I kind of like that Kitster and Wald are in the comics because it just means that they're they're safe. They're off Tatooine. They're not slaves anymore. So so I'm true. Cool with it. So true. I love to see it. Um, anyway, Anakin wins the dumbass pod race. <laughs> but during, I I can't remember if it's during the race or whatever, there's, uh, Kitster has a line where he says, wizard. So, yeah. my Republic enjoyers, shout out to you guys. Ram, drama, ram. Ram, ram, your <laughs> impact is, is on another level, truly. So Kitster, Dinjarin, yeah. those are the people you want using your slang term. I love you, Ram. This. So going back to the pod race one more time, and then we won't talk about it. For if the rest you read of the episode. High Republic, maybe maybe if you read Midnight Horizon, you would understand. <laughs> I know, I know. God 
<laughs> you know what? You know what my surprise was? I have my copy of Midnight Horizon right here. And I was going to read the first page to you. But you know what? Now I will not. <laughs> Anyways, before... Before you continue the bullying that has been going on for the past week by freaking Daniel Jose Older, the writer of Midnight Horizon, the the only thing I have written down about the pod race is just the phrase Boonta Eve Classic, which I text to my friend every single time I watch The Phantom Menace or every single time it pops into my head. So like randomly, the, this is my friend from high school and we've we haven't seen each other in like almost a year and just randomly I'll be, I'll text her like boon to Eve classic. And she says me back boon to Eve classic. So that's like our, our silly little, yeah, our silly little code phrase to let each other know we're still alive. Um, one more, one more thing. I want Anakin's pod racing helmet so bad. It has like the it. flap. You can, is it a black series? It's no, it's like old. It's like Phantom Menace. Oh. Era. Ooh. damn because i star wars girl i follow has it star wars thrifting Ooh. she's really cool i don't know if you guys follow her but she has that the star wars store near me used to have a like life-sized figure or like a life-sized figure of anakin oh with yeah his pod racing helmet on um <laughs> so if you would rather just purchase that i can <laughs> i can hook you up Shout out to Rupalp's Pod Race, who's trying to collect all of the Pepsi uh, Pod Racing Anakins. I, I don't remember how far they've gotten, but they found, I think, four of them so oh far. So shout out to the homies at Rupalp's. So moving on from the Pod Racing event, the Boon to Eve Classic, Finally. we have um, Anakin being turned over to Qui-Gon and Anakin walking back to the Nubian ship when they have their part and then Qui-Gon goes Anakin duck because Darth Maul comes up behind him and I've seen a bunch of memes about this but the thought that the Skywalker saga could have just been avoided if Anakin just didn't listen to Qui-Gon at all and Darth, <laughs> Darth Maul just, just a fucking kid scooter. <laughs> POV Darth Vader commits vehicular manslaughter on a child <laughs> My favorite thing about that is like there's like no transition in between those two scenes. It's just Darth Maul's droid coming back and then Qui-Gon being like, run faster, Anakin! <laughs> and I'm like, like, I feel like we're missing a chunk here. And then he almost just dies. <laughs> It'd be so like funny. that in the sands of Tatooine, you know? So true. <laughs> so then... Darth Maul and Qui-Gon fight, obviously. It's Duel of the Fates Light, L-I-T-E. Qui-Gon survives this time. Rip to Qui-Gon. Rip to Darth Maul, but Qui-Gon is different for now. Uh, and then we have Anakin, Jar Jar, and Padme asleep on the ship while they're in hyperspace. And I think the funniest... I don't want to say like the funniest thing, but when Padme asks how Anakin's doing and Anakin says cold, it's because he's never felt air conditioning before. <laughs> it's like the first time he's felt like AC because he's been on Tatooine and he's been living in slave quarters. But and the fact that he has to have like a whole little blanket, like he's very pocket sized. Just a baby. And then we have um we have I have put the dogs away, Jar Jar, because there's a <laughs> shot where you can see his feet on the table. And I think those were those I was with practical. Jar Jar foot shot. 
people. Like someone had to make those to put those on the table while they were filming, which shout out to you because I would not have been able to do it. <laughs> but then we have obviously everyone landing on Coruscant. And I don't know why, what I was thinking when I wrote this, but I have wise Valorum kind of dot, dot, dot. <laughs> no, I, I don't agree with it now. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I was hacked. Someone, I, someone wrote that in for me. No, every time I see Valorum, I think about Julius Caesar because he looks like Julius Caesar to me. Oh, kind and of. Being the classics major nerd that I am, <laughs> I have like connected the dots with the prequels. <laughs> and no, no, because like Revenge of the Sith is the fall of the roman republic and the rise of the roman empire it it Ooh. like beat for beat i i made videos on tiktok about it like i want to say almost two years ago now i might redo them but Ooh. no it is beat for beat it, you can yeah you can feature them on our revenge of the sith episode oh my god oh, so whenever true. that so, comes around so true classics major george lucas <laughs> good for him good for him he's he's just like Liv and I combine classics major political science major so true he's just like you no there's he's, there's quite a few parallels to the ancient world like the Mandalorians those are Spartans 100% oh definitely 100%. wow but I I won't I won't get into it because um we just need a whole episode for Liv to yeah. talk about the the Star Wars to to classic. The Star Wars vacation of Sparta. Yeah, I still have to read. Um, last year or was it this? No, it was last year. Um, someone wrote like rewrote the original trilogy and Rogue One in like the style of Homer. So it's oh. like the Odyssey of Star Wars. Ooh. And there's a reference to Star Tours in it, so. Right. <laughs> so true. Star Wars yeah. stand right here and live. Oh, speaking of, there's a um, there's a Star Tours variant at my comic book store back in San Diego. So when you go there, remind me and I'll send that to you. Um, I go there, I'm going to San Diego. Or no, when, <laughs> when I go back there, remind me and I'll send it to you. Which okay. both, honestly, <laughs> both of us will probably forget. But oh, moving definitely. on. <laughs> So then after Anakin, Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan meet Valorum, they have the exterior uh, shot of the Jedi Temple. And because I have read the High Republic books, contrary to, to popular belief, I have written down, hey, Loden pushed Bell off of there, there being one of the, the Jedi Temple towers. So shout out to the High Republic enjoyers. Uh, then we have the council. I have written down, fuck Kiati Mundi, Yariel Poof cameo, Oppo Rancisis, more like Oppo Rancisis. <laughs> My beloved, I, every single time they put Devalaba in something, I'm like, so true, Misty. <laughs> There's my girl. So she, looks as, she looks especially good here in the one second that she's on screen. Um, an good icon. Uh, give us a Devalaba TV show. I'm no longer asking. <laughs> so true so true <laughs> anyway that's all i cared about in that scene. <laughs> they're talking i'm like where is death of the love <laughs> so after the council scene we have we then have um 
the camera shifting to the interior of Senator Palpatine's office, I want to say, or like a meeting room beforehand, where we get the cover of Queen's Peril with Queen Amidala looking out on Coruscant and that big like croissant looking thing on her head, which I love her costuming in this movie. I checked out my my school in San Diego has one of the the Is books on yeah they have i think they have the fan either the phantom menace one or the revenge of the sith one and they have it in like the big reference books because my university's library is not like a regular library it's like a research library like so there's cool only it, it it it's an inception i don't want to flex but it was it was technically Whoa. an inception which i'm happy to provide more information if you're interested <laughs> uh but yeah i was able to check that book out and i I had it for like three months because I just kept forgetting about it because it was under my desk. And then I read through it one day and I was like, holy shit, this is really cool. Put that back on the shelf. And then I also you, checked out- You don't understand. You do not understand what you had. That <laughs> book, the cheapest one that you can find online is like $350. No way. I have notifications on eBay for <laughs> that book. Okay. I am so desperate for it. When, what I- it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna national treasure the dressing a galaxy book out of my university library. Um you know what I could do? I could bring it to celebration with me. I'll check it out and then I'll bring it to celebration. Really? Yeah. Liv just takes a picture of every page. <laughs> yeah. She stands it in a silly little hotel business center. <laughs> <laughs> which i mean i don't know my university statute of limitations on taking library books out of the country so i'm gonna say it's I mean, okay you don't need to know yeah also if anybody from my university is listening to this if you snitch you're a snitch jk slash slash j but we have obviously Padme looking gorgeous and then they decide to overthrow chancellor valorum which <laughs> okay girl boss girl boss <laughs> um oh yes this is the part where okay no before i get into that i wanted to consider the ramifications of this kind of like not overthrow of valorum but like what if naboo left the republic because the the verbiage that they were using in that scene when amidala was saying like i i don't care about the republic i care about my people like what if naboo left the republic like have we that thought would, about have we thought about the impact of that everything yeah because so, yeah. palpatine is from naboo yeah and if they left the republic then he wouldn't he, he made chancellor yeah and his oh did i did i just create a what you if? created a what if situation oh my god fuck yeah, yeah. i would have to explore that in the old noggin later <laughs> But yeah, the thing I have after Naboo leaving the Republic is I lost track of the movie because DJO was bullying me. Uh, so if you guys want to talk about that part, be my guest. I was not paying attention. <laughs> um, the I mean, aliens from E.T. are in that scene. That's all I have. I did see that scene briefly. <laughs> uh, and then we just like go to Naboo and then like the big fight happens. Okay. Uh, at least that's. Oh, well, I guess there's, like, they go back to Naboo and they get the Gungans on their side, and all of a sudden Jar Jar is welcomed back and made general. He's which, a general. Like, if he killed someone, okay, seems <laughs> seems like a big leap. I get accepting him back, but making him a general, maybe, maybe a little excessive. Another, 
I think just I have to roll a little bit more. Oh, Padme reveals herself that like yeah. I was just about to bring that up. Time. Me too. Because <laughs> I love the look that Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon give each other. That just says like they had a bet. They had a yes. bet of and Qui-Gon like, won. When she was gonna reveal herself and Qui-Gon just won. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also shout out to I forget what their at is on on tiktok but ray they do really great sabe cosplay scavenge patch kid there we go they do a really magnificent sabe in the queen's regalia in that scene the croissant they do an incredible croissant look from that scene on naboo when padme reveals herself to be queen amidala um and yeah shout out to them they're amazing and they also Also did a really good they posted that uh they posted some Sabe Padme videos that just like I think they posted to like I can be a better boyfriend. <gasps> yeah. I remember. Mm-hmm. So we have Amidala, no, Padme reveal, revealing herself to be Amidala. And then they have like the big giant Gungan fight. I love the Infinity War. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like exactly no like it's not the exact setup it does <laughs> plagiarism <laughs> but it also looks like you know um the default background for, for i was just gonna say the windows yeah. background yeah, windows. yeah. <laughs> funny so then interspersed with this kind of gungan fight with the droids where Jar Jar is just Jar Jar. We have the duel of the fates in also this is like directly off of the hangar in the Naboo palace and on feed. So like they just have these like giant chasms in the in the Naboo palace with like these giant light things. I have no idea but that map is the worst to play on Battlefront 2 because once you get onto those like strut things people can force throw you off and then you automatically die it's so annoying same thing on Bespin but we have the duel of the fates between Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Darth Maul and that moment is when it's revealed that Darth Maul has a double-bladed lightsaber which I also have in a note down here um Hearing Duel of the Fates for the first time reminded me of when we heard the choir sing at the opening ceremonies of the Lucasfilm Studio panel at Celebration, and I got very yeah. upset for a little bit. But I, I miss the besties, always. But obviously we have Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon fighting for basically the fate of the Star Wars universe, um, and the, the light side loses. But <laughs> I think... Qui-Gon. Yeah, Rift to Qui-Gon. Yeah. Not so, Rift, I've forgotten to quote Ari. Yeah, yeah. not Rift. <laughs> yeah, I my the hot take is I don't think they should have killed Darth Maul in this movie. Kill, I think kill that two? Darth Maul. Oh, I think that Darth Maul should have been because one they just brought him back anyway. Um, but yeah, whatever. But I think it could have been interesting to essentially have Darth Maul be somewhat of a rival for. Obi-Wan going forward that like you know he doesn't kill his master and he's connected to Palpatine in a way that I think would be a cool balance between like Anakin and Palpatine and then Darth Maul and Obi-Wan especially because they do end up having the rivalry sort of anyway in the Clone Wars um and even I think still you could still have him kill Satine you could still have him you know doing everything and then 
that still adds really well to their uh scene in rebels the last one where obi-wan finally does like kill him i almost feel like if that was his first death and only death it would have been a little more impactful how much i love that scene but like yeah i kind of feel like also he was so underdeveloped in this movie he really just like shows up and he's like yeah he's there and then he's dead for what for what like yeah we just know he's a sith but we have like no background into like why he is so willing to like take i don't know so i kind of think darth maul should have stayed alive um even though i know that i guess was really george lucas's idea to bring him back was it it was like dave's. i don't know I don't yeah know. i think it was dave's that's a dave joint uh but <laughs> your, your face right now is very funny uh but yeah we have the little ray door things where they're kind of like waiting to fight it's just funny because I don't know how long those ray doors like take to open. So they're just like sitting there, just looking at each other for however long it takes for them to open up. So they run through and Obi-Wan gets trapped behind the last one. And Darth Maul kills Qui-Gon, obviously. Qui-Gon, but not forgotten. Shout out to Ari. Uh, and I don't know how long it takes, but Obi-Wan just has to like watch him just kind of like walk around menacingly at him until the doors finally open and they have that bomb ass fight scene where it's like pacha 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 and then they do like the the force kick and then um obi-wan does he kick him no maul kicks obi-wan into the chasm and then he dramatically like swipes his lightsaber across and like does the sparks to intimidate him or whatever and then of course obi-wan jumps up and then slashes him in, him in half. And I don't know what it is about this time, but I realized that there was a spurt of blood when Obi-Wan slices Maul in half. Like, mm. there's, like, yeah, really? it, like, yeah. I don't know if, if it's just showing up on mine or, like, I'm just noticing it, but it's, like, very faint, and it, it made me chuckle just a little bit. <laughs> but... <laughs> I would yeah. I, I will say if I was Obi-Wan and like my masters I've been with this fan for 10 years and his last words are like train the boy it's like okay you don't want to say anything about like us yeah you don't want to be like wow you were such a like great Padawan or like oh yeah me, Obi-Wan like remember what I taught you like no just you have to train the boy this like, kid you met like a day ago I think that's important like you want to get that out there but like maybe also like do a little bit of like a hey you're real great anyway yeah yeah <laughs> like, I thought it was what we want to be like okay <laughs> whatever I guess um we I forgot to mention this but we have the part where Anakin goes into space in that silly little Naboo starfighter because it's on autopilot which like why don't we turn autopilot off? Why was autopilot on in the first place? Why is a nine-year-old being forced to go into space? And the way he it's came, like, well, Qui-Gon told me to stay in the cockpit. Like, no, no. Anyway, Anakin does that, but it's so unrealistic when where you can fly the Falcon. So true. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into I it. Just, every time I see that scene now, I just think of Hard Case. I was going to bring that up. Because Hard Case is like my favorite clone. And it really hurts. I'm sorry, Bestie. Oh, thank you. <laughs> R.I.P. Hard Case. R.I.P. Hard Case. You deserve better. You're a real one. The representation in Star Wars. So true. Um, 
and then Anakin blows up the whole thing and Padme like gets them uh, gets the Viceroy girl boss girl boss her her and her 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 and the handmaidens are girl bosses they're just girl bossing the whole way through the second part of this movie (laughs) and Um, the music that plays oh no go ahead oh no go oh the, the music that plays in the background is called Panaka and the Queen's Protectors, which it is just the perfect encapsulation of the prequel kind of era as a whole. And it's so, so good. And it's one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars music. I, I don't know why I felt the need to bring that up, but it's it's a banger if you are a Star Wars soundtrack enjoyer like me. And on the topic of Star Wars soundtracks, we have Augie's Great Municipal Band, which awesome. is that like band thing that plays at the end when the Gungans are bringing their their orb, or no, when they're going up to get the orb from Padme. And there was a TikTok I saw months ago, but apparently the the theme Augie's Great Municipal Band is like a recontextualized interpretation of the emperor like the theme the emperor from return of the jedi because at this point palpatine is has already won like once his plan is set in motion it's it's gone it's out of there but listen to them back to back like it's it it's the same thing note for note it's just really palpatine's theme is like slow and in a minor key and ominous whereas augie's great municipal band is like fun and like literal parade music and like you want to shake your ass to it (laughs) i don't think you can shake your ass to to palpatine's theme (laughs) you can try (laughs) i i will say that you can shake your ass to duel of the fates that's all i'm gonna say about that you can definitely shake your ass to duel of the fates uh but augie's great municipal band is playing the gungans hold the orb Padme gives them the orb and they throw it up and Padme smiles at Anakin and Anakin smiles back and that horrid haircut that they gave poor Jake Lloyd. The rat tail with like the spiky things on top. And then the movie ends. So that was- We also have Qui-Gon's funeral. Oh, forgot about that. Where Um, they're like, the Sith are back, oh no. (laughs) Meanwhile, Palpatine is literally right there. Like wearing the hood and everything. But also, how True. does no one recognize or, like, clock that that's Palpatine? Like, they're all fucking stupid. <laughs> hoods are so powerful. They're just, like, like, it's like <laughs> hoods are, to Star Wars, what baseball caps are baseball to the MCU. <laughs> like, it, as soon as you put a hood on, you're, you're nobody you're knows gone. who that is. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> so True. <laughs> So that completes our chronological go through of the Phantom Menace. So we can move into Kessel Run Book Club. Oh wait, which where is, do we rank this movie? Oh, ranking. Like, I haven't even yeah, thought about ranking. Where, where, uh, where did this movie fall in your ranking? I'm opening Letterboxd. I think it's third it is to last, last. It is last for me. I really. Okay, let's say. It used, like, I'm actually doing a thread on Twitter of all my rankings, like, going through and rewatching them for this segment, um, and I'm, like, updating them every time I rewatch. Um, before I rewatched this on Friday, um, Phantom Menace was at four, I think, for me. 
and I think I just wasn't paying attention <laughs> watching it before because it literally <laughs> dropped to like eight or nine let me check oh my gosh <laughs> yeah <laughs> I um and this is yeah. my formal apology to Ari at Ari oh, no. slash Millennium Pod um because she is so disappointed in me <laughs> <laughs> I got it's at this- nine now I like oh this gosh. more than the other times that I had watched it, but I still cannot. It. I cannot. It's still, yeah. Yeah. It's still uh-uh. really. I just there's... realized too. Uh, there's gonna be some beef on this podcast when we get to Return of the Jedi because both of you no. have it in your top three, and currently oh, it sits no. at. Uh, third from it's a third from the bottom for me. No. No. That's foul. Maybe I'll change my mind, but I please. We're gonna peer pressure you into changing your mind. Well, I do have to. I do I used to be a Return of the Jedi hater too. It was only after oh. C. Ross that I that I changed my mind. But anyway, character hey, development. <laughs> I will say that one. There is a huge chasm in like enjoyment between eight and nine on my Skywalker Saga ranked list on my letterbox. And two, Return of the Jedi is largely influenced by the comics and stuff I've read. So that is also a- another point of bias. Uh, but yeah, it's it's nine on there on my ranking so far for me. It's above Attack of the Clones and above Rise of Skywalker. But we'll get into that when we get oh there. Oh my god, same. Really? Too? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Oh, well, we're, we're <laughs> connected. I- the fact that I have Rise of Skywalker above Return of the Jedi, The Revenge of the Sith, and A New Hope. <laughs> I, I, I will say I need to go back and rethink my Rise of Skywalker ranking because, of course, Shadow of the Sith is coming out. Or no, it, it's come out. I'm reading it right now. I'm what? I'm page. I was literally reading it before we started recording. Oh, going this is a great transition to Excellent. Castle, Run, Castle, Castle Run, Run Book Club. Club. Yeah. Hey. You're reading Shadow of the Sith. Yes, I am. I am currently on page, I'm on chapter, literally the first page of chapter 18, technically page 164. I've read 40 pages so far today, which is good because I read 50 pages yesterday, just totally. And I've only been reading for like two, Proud two and a half you. hours. Proud Thank of you. you. Thank good. you. Um, so before I go into the one comic issue that came out last week, what are you le- reading, Emily? Um, this week I read, uh, the book I finished this week was Funny You Should Ask, which is, uh, kind of like rom-com. Oh. It's about, uh, this girl who does an interview with an actor and shit goes down and then 10 years later they meet back up to do another interview it's like I think loosely based on uh one of an, uh, an article written about Chris Evans um oh oh a couple years ago so that's interesting and it was uh really enjoyable and very good and then I'm currently reading I'm like 40 or so pages into Catalyst I'm finally reading yeah Catalyst um <laughs> before Andor comes out and uh it's it's good so far I think seeing Galen um in this is really interesting and I've heard this has really great Lyra content and so far I have been yes very happy of what I've seen from Lyra 
Um, and it's even like, I just got to the first Krennic chapter and it's kind of interesting seeing him, especially in the Republic um, and operating there versus the Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited and I'll hopefully, uh, I'll probably finish that soon, probably read more of it when we got off uh, here, but I've also heard that there's baby Jin content. There and is, and she's adorable. And I'm almost positive Sagrera has at least a mention in this book because they have to set up the whole like him Mm -hmm. them helping him uh yeah it's been a long time since i read catalyst but yeah i'm pretty sure i yeah doing um, my doing my andor scoop through so i'll do this and then reread rebel rising (laughs) so true true. sorry it's okay um i (laughs) i still haven't made any more progress with shadow <laughs> still on page 25 <laughs> but i also somehow um got approved for an advanced reader's copy of padawan this week yeah <laughs> so that's exciting also confusing um <laughs> not sure why so yes. i i'm gonna try to finish shadow of the sip this week and then I'll move on to Padawan and hopefully finish it before the book actually comes out. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Padawan's Padawan's a pretty fast-paced one. It's YA, so it's a little bit easier to get through. Like I sat down and like read like huge chunks of it. Um, and it's it's fun. I think you'll like it. It's another good, another good Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan book. Okay. So you can text me about it when you're reading it. <laughs> I think I, I know Ari had an arc too. I don't know if she's already read it yet, but maybe you could also try to do like a read along with Ari. Yeah. So before I move into the singular issue of comics that came out last week, um, or this week, last week, uh, I don't know, just whatever came out last Wednesday, uh, Shadow of the Sith might be my favorite Star Wars book. Again, really? I'm on page, yeah, I'm on page 165. And it's, for me, it's like the perfect tie-in of comics and like sequels, plus the other stuff that I really like from the original trilogy. So it's definitely shaping up. I might have to reread Resistance Reborn, which we talked about last week. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I hate that my attention span is like, finish your Bounty Hunters reread and it has me in a chokehold. But I refuse until... I refuse to until I finish Shadow of the Sith and maybe Midnight Horizon. Maybe. But moving into the comics segment of this uh little section of Kessel Run Book Club. We have the Halcyon Legacy number four, written by our bestie of the pod, well, two-thirds of the pod, Ethan Sachs, and art by Will Sliney, who also did the Rise of Kylo Ren, as well as, I think he's Ooh. doing the the Kylo Ren uh, chapter of Charles Soule's Celebration issue, which is coming out next week? Not this week, but like next oh, week. Oh, really? On 20th, the 20th. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, the wow. 20th, which is also my mom's birthday. So happy, happy birthday, birthday to your mom. <laughs> but I, okay, if we're, if we're doing book reviews here and being completely honest, I have just kind of been, I, I haven't been super invested in the Halcyon Legacy series. Uh, I've just been kind of skimming through as I go along because I, I, I don't know. It's, I really like the anthology. It's kind of like um, the Obi-Wan miniseries. 
in that they have like a story being told in the present day and then it's being flashed back to. I was pleasantly surprised with this issue. This issue centers around Hondo and Lando protecting the crown jewels of Alderaan. And they get up to a lot of hijinks. And it's, I think Ethan Sachs is a Rebels enjoyer. So this is definitely a reference to their episodes in Rebels when they have to get the fuel for the rebellion. Uh, I was, I, I really like this issue. I read it just before we started recording because I was reading Shadow of the Sith and I was like, oh crap, I have to read this. <laughs> but yeah, I I enjoyed this issue and I'm looking forward to seeing the conclusion of this Crimson Jack, I think his name is, yeah, Crimson Jack, who's a recanonized uh, character from the Legends comics and seeing this kind of conclusion in the next issue, which I think is oh, coming my out. Birthday. On your birthday, he better but, not yeah. get to that. Or oh my I will god, find him. That's he... just rude. <laughs> yeah, it's just rude to you. Yeah, it's no, true. Seriously, because Zuckus is going to be in it. So, mm-hmm. just can't have we can't have Liv's favorite fucked up little guy getting killed on her birthday. Yeah, come I, on, Ethan. That will be my final straw. <laughs> truly, that that just is ha- truly when I'll enter my Joker era. Ethan oh, Sachs, we... you would get, you're getting blocked. <laughs> you're getting oh, blocked. Oh yeah, you're getting blocked. I fear for him at celebration because I was also tweeting about this today. If so, if Bounty Hunter's 31, aka the issue that he's been holding over our heads, comes out the week of celebration, I am going to do something drastic. Yeah. Because the way that he's been talking about that issue terrifies me. But looking mob. Uh, oh my god <laughs> all 20 I think there of us more of them coming yeah i was like i think yeah <laughs> plus you got savvy to the imbalance nation yeah i we've had some discussions but looking forward to the releases for this week the star wars comics that are coming out this week are the first issue of the mandalorian adaptation which has a crap ton of variant Ooh. covers yeah it has a crap ton of variant covers and it's going to go one issue for each episode. So if you're looking to rewatch quote unquote, the Mandalorian, definitely pick that up and bounty hunters 25, yes! which <laughs> shout out to Ethan, yes! our fucked up, our fucked up little guys are coming home. <laughs> and after last issue, I am very concerned. I'm scared. I, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> they're probably gonna die it's fine oh God. or be seriously injured stop <laughs> i can't i can't so with that do you guys have any final thoughts no i think that's it for this week <laughs> no thoughts head empty <laughs> so we recently set up our other socials, so if you're looking to find more content of us just on the regular interwebs, you can follow us on Twitter at Kessel Run Relay Pod, or no, just Kessel Run Relay, and then TikTok, I believe, is Kessel Run Relay Pod. Let me pull that up real quick. Yes, Kessel Run Relay Pod. And if you're interested in asking us questions or asking our silly little opinions, you can send us emails at kesselrunrelaypod at gmail.com. And your question may be featured in our silly little podcast. 
So thank you for listening. Again, our episodes come out at the beginning of each week. Uh, We might start getting a little bit more of a solid release day schedule once it gets out of the summer because I go back to school and we'll just coordinate from there. But yeah, thank you again for listening and may the force be with you.